This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Tuesday, January 12th, 2021 edition of Invest Talk. I appreciate you all tuning in this hour. And my goal, as it is each and every day, is to help guide you with the right information, the right perspective, to develop strategies that are effective, and most importantly, geared towards your end goal, which is achieving your own particular version of financial freedom. And that's different for everybody. We talk about financial freedom on this show a lot. Uh, But I make an emphasis, me personally, uh, that each and every individual has their own version, right? And financial freedom is really about doing what you want to do, living the way you want to live. Uh, and sure, everybody would want to be billionaire, flying on private jets, etc. Maybe that's that's most people, but that's obviously not a realistic goal. But a realistic goal is often just simply being able to work in the way you want to work for who you want to work for in the industry that you want to work in. Spend your or maybe you don't want to work. Maybe you just want to spend time with family, travel right? Everybody's goals and aspirations are going to be different. And so I emphasize that because everyone's looking for tips, right? What to buy? Should I buy now? Should I sell now? Should I go in stocks? Should I go all out of stocks? And what you have to understand is that this is uh, there's a lot of nuance to this, both on the investment analysis level, but also on the individual level. And so you need to understand your end goals and chart a path, chart a path towards those goals. And everyone's going to be starting in different places. Everyone's going to have strengths in different places. And you need to think as big a picture as possible to start with. Too many people get caught up in the minutia of an individual name or an individual sector, right? They hear a tip from their cousin or their friend, and they implement it just simply because of emotions, because of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. But that's not how you make proper decisions. You make your decisions in context to your goals, context to the market, in context to the opportunities, as well as the risks that are involved. So that's my job here on today's program. I am Justin Klein, and I will do my best to provide you with unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. So I'm ready to take your calls live at 888-99-CHART, or you can always call if you're listening after hours, right? We're recording this 4 to 5 Pacific time every weekday as we do. 
But if you're not listening live, you can always call and leave a message. We will answer that on a future program. Now let's take a quick look at the market today. The S&P was basically flat, up a point and a half. You had the NASDAQ, that ended up about 36 points, although that was weak for most of the day. Small caps did the best. That was definitely uh, some strength there. Russell's at 36 points, about a percent and a half. Uh, you know, interesting. Especially consider the Russell tends to be more domestically focused. It does. Now, you could say, well, that's a, that's a reaction to stimulus that's likely coming out of Washington. And that's going to benefit U.S. companies, right? Because that money is going to stay here. It's going to be spent here. It's going to be invested here. So I understand that. But we're also at record highs for price to sales ratios on the market, higher than even 2000, which is pretty uh, wild. Now, the 10 year treasury rate, that was up. It closed near the lows of the day, but still closed higher than yesterday uh, by about half a basis point. Uh, so we're up at 1.138% on the 10 year, the highest level since March when you know the market was selling off and then on, all of a sudden rates started rising and then the Fed had to step in right, and do more QE and, and, and take their, their measures. So uh, I would say that we are definitely marching probably the 1.4, 1.5 level on the 10 year. And that is a very important development. Big change from the past six, seven months or so. Now let's head over to our first caller, and we're going to talk to Glenn over in Pleasanton, California. He wants to talk about Disney. Yeah, hi. Uh, I was just wondering if you think this is a good entry point for Disney, or if you think I should wait for a pullback. Uh, I would wait for a pullback. Uh, you know, the, the analysts are expecting a rebound this year. Uh, sorry, next year. That this year the earnings supposed to fall eighteen percent. So next year, they're expecting to go back to $4.82, obviously post uh, a lot of vaccines, uh, getting people back into movie theaters for Disney movies, uh, into the uh, theme parks, etc. And that's going to drive those earnings back to pre-pandemic levels, $5.76, $5.76 what they earned in 2019. So driving it closer to those levels. Now, based on, let's call it $5 a share it's still in a pretty expensive stock, right? You're talking about a, a 35 PE on this, uh, which to me is a little steep at these levels. And technically, it looks like it's weakening here. Um, so I, I don't think this is a good entry point. I don't think it's particularly undervalued at these levels. Our value is closer to the $100 level. It's at 175 And so I would not say this is a good entry point for Disney. Thanks Thank for the call, Glenn. You. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we made it. 2021 is here. We're just in the second trading week, so it's still a new year and a very green year. But keep in mind that the continuing uncertainty in markets, in economies, in politics means that you can never take your eye off the ball, and you can't afford to backslide in this new year to away from your goals like we talked about at the top of the show so your goal of financial freedom requires information and effective strategies so we should talk about whatever is on your mind so give us a call at 888-99-CHART
The new year is bringing lots of changes. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? You don't have to guess. You can get unbiased guidance from Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The phone lines are open now and your questions are welcome. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, my focus point today concerns the story, home equity wealth in America is booming. And we know that the COVID crisis has created a boom in housing and homeowners have enjoyed a the, the largest year-over-year home equity gain in six years during the third quarter of last year. So it takes a little while to compile the data, but that's what we're seeing. So we're going to dig into that story. Also, I closed yesterday's show a little bit talking about bonds, but I want to go over what a bond allocation would mean in this market and where the opportunities lie and looking long-term as well, not just kind of near-term. You know, I talked a little about near-term, but I want to look longer-term, help you understand the best type of exposure if you're going to have bond exposure. And there's nothing wrong with bond exposure to some degree. Uh, it just depends on how much, depending on your risk tolerance and your overall goals. Uh, but it's something everyone should be considering, thinking about. Maybe not today, but knowing in the future. You should maybe have some exposure there. So we're going to touch on that. Next, what to expect for commodities? Commodity prices have been surging. Are we in a new super cycle? We're going to touch on that. Then lastly, what factors are going to rule market moves, equity market moves in 2021, and what that might mean for the overall outlook? So we're going to unpack that as well. Now let's pick up another caller question, as you probably know. If you call between the 4 or 5 Pacific time hour, we can take your question live. And we always love those one-on-one live interactions. But you can always call anytime our 24-7 listener line with and record your finance and investment questions directly into our Invest Talk voice bank at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin. I'm calling in from Alaska. I love the show. Thank you. I had a question for older people, say about 50 years old, who have lived about paycheck to paycheck their entire lives, and they don't have much save for retirement, and they want to get started with that. Now, since they're older and they have less time, my question is, is there a, a better choice for an investment vehicle as opposed to like an IRA, Roth IRA, 401k, brokerage? Looking forward to hearing your answer. Um, thanks again. Bye. Well, the answer to that question is no. The, the investment account type is kind of what your 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 you're asking about when you say Roth IRA IRA 401k remember those are only account types those aren't investment they're investments they're investment vehicles uh, they are just simply account types and the account type uh, basically dictates the tax consequences the tax treatment of those investments and that money and uh, so that's really the big change there but then for the most part, uh, 401ks aside, you can buy kind of whatever you want, and then it goes down to your investment strategy. Now, if you are getting a late start, you haven't saved enough, well, then you probably want to be a little more aggressive, right? 
because you need to you need to catch up a little bit, and you need to have probably a a better stomach for volatility than you probably really want to be, right? Um, if you're a more moderate investor, maybe you go a little moderately aggressive. If you're a moderately aggressive investor, maybe you need to go all the way to aggressive, right? So maybe upping that risk level just a little bit, but doing it in a smart way, doing it, not just taking risk to take risk, not just saying, oh, this is an aggressive investment, so I buy an aggressive investment. It's not like that. It's just understanding that, hey, I'm going to, in a smart way, have to up my risk metric on my portfolio and on my investments. So, uh, you know, you you should continue and try to push on saving in those particular t- account types for tax purposes, but then keeping your eye on the ball when it comes to your strategy and developing something that uh, makes sense long-term, not just short-term. I know you may not have 30 years, but you probably still have 10, 15 years before uh, you're going to retire uh, and you need to up that risk a little bit. Now let's see if I can squeeze in another caller question from 888 chart Hi guys, big fan of the show. I just wanted to get your opinion on CHWY, Chewy. They're a pet services delivery company. And I just wanted to get your opinion on how far you think they can run up. They had a pretty good run up so far. Thank you. Yeah, we, uh, I like Chewy as a company. Uh, they're working their way towards profitability, which uh, I definitely like. They're still expected to lose seven cents a share next year, trading $104 a share, $43 billion market cap. And the momentum's strong, let's just say that. Uh, so technically, it's, it's fine. Um, you know, our value still is around the $65 level, it's at 104. So, uh, you know, this is to me is a growth name that is likely to underperform this year, but it is a name that is on my radar for a good buying opportunity. And it's just not at these levels, unless you're just a momentum trade. If you're just buying for that quick momentum trade, maybe it hits 120 from here, it's certainly a possibility. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. And that means in the new year, you need answers to your important investment questions. So I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. You can get your free InvestTalk podcast downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or investtalk.com. Be sure to tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk and encourage them to listen, rate, and review. Now, it's a new year, and I think it's worth taking a minute to make you aware of some of the benefits Steve Peasley and I can offer our listeners as potential clients of our company, KP Financial. We are based in Irvine, California, which, if you don't know, is in Southern California, little bit south of LA. And let me take a minute to remind you that here on Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, we operate the philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And what that means is we provide unbiased guidance both on air as well as off, and we invest right alongside our clients, something we call parallel investing. So if you ever want to set up a free portfolio review assessment, just head over to our website and click on the portfolio review button 
and we can set it up via telephone, Skype, or other video conference software. Or you can always call our office at 800-557-5461. Now my focus point today concerns the story, home equity wealth in America is booming. And since the start of the pandemic, home equity for homeowners has risen by almost a trillion dollars over the span of 2020. The average home equity in the U.S. sits at 194000 And that is up from seven, up $17,000 from July to September, just a short period of time, just, just the whole in a quarter, which is the fastest pace in one quarter in six years. And this is because, especially in the suburban areas, people are investing in their homes, They're, they want more space, they want more amenities, because they're spending more time there, which we know. Now, which states have done the best? Well, Washington, California, and Idaho, actually, which is pretty interesting. My cousin actually moved to Idaho from here in Southern California pre-pandemic, a month or two before. Pretty wild. But what's interesting is Washington owners increased their home equity by 36000 California by 34000 and Idaho by 29000 And this is certainly good for individual balance sheets. And it's part of that wealth effect, right? Where if you feel like you have more equity, if you ever get into trouble, you can always tap into that equity in your home by selling it or doing a cash out refinance or a HELOC, right? And it feel, it gives people more confidence in spending. So that's good. It makes it harder for new home buyers. We've seen that with the affordability being stretched, especially if mortgage rates continue up. And that's really the, the biggest story here is mortgage rates fell over that time period from about 4%, the 52-week high, right? So 52-week high pre-pandemic of the 30-year mortgage was at 4.15%. 4 now we're still sub-3. And I expect 2021 will be strong if mortgage rates... I want to say strong. We'll be steady in the housing market if mortgage rates stay relatively steady. You know, sub, say, three and a quarter. But we start getting back up to that 4% level. The 10-year starts taking off. Say we hit 2% on the 10-year. That's going to change the dynamics in the mortgage industry. What's interesting so far is we have not seen that tick up in mortgage rates. 52-week low is 2.76. We're at 2.93, so a little bit higher. But we're over 50, we're 60 plus basis points from the low on the 10 year. That low was right around 50 basis points. Now we're at 1.138. So talk about 65 basis points and the mortgage rate has not caught up to that yet. A lot of that has to do with the liquidity in the market, right? The Fed going in and supporting that market. But it's something I'm definitely watching and you should be too if you thinking about selling your home, you in the market to buy a home. These are going to be very, very important to how more, uh, housing markets evolve this year, depending on how mortgage rates evolve. And that is dependent on the 10 year treasury. Now, I'd like to fit in another, as many caller questions as possible. So let's grab one more at 888-99-CHART. 
Hey, how's it going, Steve and Justin? Been listening for a while, and I got a question on SVC, Service Property Trust. It's a REIT, and I've been invested in it since about five dollars. Uh, it keeps fluctuating. It seems like there's a wall around twelve fifty. I'm just wondering if these REITs for like hotels are good to stay in, or should I just go ahead and get out of it and look for something else? All right, thanks. All right, well, this is Service Property Trust, and this is a REIT that operates. Hotel properties here in the U.S., Canada, Puerto Rico, and it re- derives the majority of its revenue from hotel real estate investments. And let's see, where else? Uh, luxury, upscale, kind of all a mid-scale, so fairly diverse. Brands include Courtyard by Marriott, Crown Plaza, Hyatt Place, etc. So kind of mid-level, uh, and that's very in the heart of... I think the the business traveler, right, middle to high end, and, and that I think is going to continue to struggle. Now, one of the reasons REITs have struggled recently in general is simply higher interest rates, and I think that's why you've seen this wall. And the, the REITs in general have just kind of languished here as rates have gone higher because their cost of capital is going higher, and they now have to compete a little bit more with treasuries, and that tends to be a headwind for uh, dividend payers like REITs. So uh, I would pass on this. Overall, I'm not a big fan of it. I would move on to a different area of the REIT sector that I think is more attractive long-term. Now, next in Best Talk, this story. Will rising bond yields put pressure on growth stocks? Steve will get to that story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. 
no one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call Investor, 888-99-CHART. Now let's head over to North Carolina, talk with Drew. He wants to discuss 529 plans. Hey, greetings from Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, uh, no, thanks, thanks for, for all you and Steve do. 
absolutely. Um, I wanted to know, uh, is it more beneficial to um, invest in a 529 plan over a covered L, or is it vice versa, or is there a benefit to um, both either? Uh, what's your uh, take on it? There, now, I will say this isn't uh, our direct uh, expertise. Uh, 529 plans are uh, state by state. There are different ones uh, for each state. And they have different fee levels, different investment options. So I will, I will say uh, that you need to do your research on that front. But I know places like Tennessee have good ones. Um, now, when it comes to Coverdale's versus 529 plans, the contribution limits are different. And what you can use them for um, are definitely different. So that's, what you, that's really the biggest difference. Uh, 529 plans are i think you can put in more money from what i remember i hopped off my head <laughs> um I, like i said i haven't i'm not a, a great expert in this field because uh, uh, we just can't do much with them it's more of an individual basis uh but that's the main difference is uh, more money in the 529 plans but coverdales can be used for more things like trade schools for example as opposed to being forced to be using it for a university for example so um and so I would look, make sure, don't just stick with your state. I know you're in North Carolina. Doesn't mean it is the best plan for you based on the investment options. You have to research uh, kind of that as well. Thanks for the call, Drew. 8899 chart, 8892-4278. We have 20 minutes left in the show. Let's talk a little bit about commodities, commodities. And last year was quite the year for commodities, right? We had oil dip briefly below zero, and it's now clawed its way back to the mid to high 40 range. I think we're likely to see $60 a barrel sometime this year. Gold topped $2,000 an ounce in the summer. Had kind of a consolidation period, right, uh, for the back half of the year, but looks to be trying to take off again, silver as well. Other commodities, industrial commodities like copper, zinc, they took off. And asset center management in the commodity space reached $640 billion in December. That's a gain of 25% from the same time a year ago. So now the question is, what will drive the next leg of commodities higher? Right. This recent leg is a lot of supply constraints and expectations of future demand. Now the supply constraints are still there to some degree. Some are because of COVID, right? Mines shutting down because of COVID spread. But a lot of it has to do with individual companies, or sorry, countries having restrictions and taking uh, supply off market. China, for example, they increased their investment and filled strategic stockpiles during parts of last year when prices were very low. Iron ore, copper, steel, etc. All these things go into building infrastructure, which is expected to come down the pipeline when it comes to uh, spending in Congress, but also China. Other emerging markets are also growing, and they need infrastructure. So this is strategic in some way for China. And you had outbreaks of COVID in iron ore mines in Brazil, for example. But also Russia is planning attacks on wheat exports. 
protests in Peru are stoking fears of supply disruption when it comes to copper. Saudi Arabia just said they're going to limit output by an additional 1 million barrels a day next month and the month after. And so governments across the world are also pushing towards green investments that are going to take a lot of silver, copper, and just raw materials in general. And that's going to support uh, the commodities market. And Goldman even estimates investment in green energy will stimulate oil demand in the near term by about 200,000 barrels or about 1% total. So this is really, in some ways, the start of a very golden age for commodities in general. And then you have the dollar, right? The dollar weakening. And that makes it cheaper for emerging market countries to purchase raw materials, right? And build their own infrastructure, like I said. So all of these factors are pushing commodity prices higher. And that's why I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Right? Talked about the fourth turning. Uh, and part of it is the second turning, what is called the awakening. Uh, it's changing the way kind of the collective thought process of the country is, right? When it comes to think of uh, the summer of love, right? Liberalizing uh, rules, etc. Well, in a fourth turning, it's not just changing the psyche of the country, but the physical manifestation of our thoughts and our beliefs. That's typically what happens in a fourth turning, where you have major changes, both on the political front, but also in the physical world as well. So I think that is going to drive big, big changes uh, in infrastructure in our country. Now let's keep the pace moving. Here comes another voice bank question from 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Chris from Massachusetts. I wonder if you guys have any experience investing in any portfolios of ATM machines. It seems like there's around five major players who kind of allow you to invest in these types of portfolios, typically lasting seven years, boasting that you can get 100% bonus depreciation and earn, say, a 9 to 11% cash on cash return for the next seven years, which is generally the life of the ATM machine. Yeah, I know it's kind of an odd question. Is calling to see if you have any experience with this. Thank you. I personally don't. That sounds like one of those too good to be true type of uh, uh, investments. And you know, maybe it's a space that is little research, little known, because uh, I don't know much about it. I know I, I've definitely paid my fair share of ATM charges uh, in the past. So. I wish I could give you more there, but definitely be definitely be skeptical of a hundred percent year over year return. That's something that makes me weary because if that's true, then the value of those uh, machines would go up a lot more. The yield would go down, maybe still in the teens. If it said you know fifteen twenty percent at you know fairly high risk, uh, then. I would say, okay, that sounds reasonable, but 100% sounds one of those too good to be true. I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk, and you are not alone, as you might imagine. 
great number of our listeners are here in the U.S. However, we have listeners from all around the world. So Steve and I thank you for downloading InvestTalk, whether you're in, in Cambodia, Germany, the Czech Republic, Mexico, Greece, Egypt, all across the world. We, we love our InvestTalk family, and we love that you tell your friends and family members about our podcast. So please keep those calls, questions, and email messages coming in. And of course, you're welcome to call our KPP Financial Offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. We want to help you. We'd love to help you. But for now, our Invest Talk phone lines are open. So give us a call at 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is always made better when our listeners contribute their questions. Hi, guys. Lee from North Carolina here. I had a question about Stitch Fix, ticker SFIX. So tell your friends and family members they can interact in real time with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein during the Invest Talk live stream program between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific time. Hey, Justin, Steve. This is Phil in Washington, D.C. Love you guys. I've learned so much. Or they can leave their questions anytime, 24-7, in the Invest Talk voice bank. Look forward to hearing you guys on the podcast. Thanks. Remember, for live or recorded questions, the number never changes. 888-99-CHART. Let's talk to Owen here in California. Let's talk about silver and gold. Hi. Uh, I was wondering uh, what if uh, you think that silver and gold have too high of a price right now, and if we need to look out for a drawback in order to buy, or if uh, it would be a good investment currently? No, I actually think it's the, the opposite. If you look at real yields, which are plumbing towards uh, the lows, multi-year lows, kind of the lows that we saw in the summer, uh, then you would surmise that gold and silver prices would actually be higher than they are right now, especially with the dollar declining as well. Uh, now, I think there has been some speculative scarcity demand taken away from the gold and silver space into crypto, uh, but I think that's more of a temporary thing. Uh, to me, still remains a, a good time. You've had this recent pullback in the gold and silver space. That's shaken out a lot of weak hands, uh, and, but technically, there's nothing wrong. In fact, it looks like it's just making a recent higher low and higher high, which is the start of the first thing you need to start a new uptrend. Uh, and so uh, I still expect gold to be north of 2000 by the end of the year. Uh, and the fact that we're here around 1800 still uh, tells me that the price is actually undervalued versus something that needs more of a pullback. It's had the pullback. It's basically since beginning of August, when rates did bottom, right? When rates did bottom, it started to consolidate and nominal rates, excuse me, nominal rates bottom. Uh, but real rates are reaccelerating to the downside, to the downside. And that is typically good for gold and silver. So to me, it's opportunity. Now, if you enjoy the Invest Talk podcast, thank you. Great. We're excited. And we thank you for your support. You may please suggest that you tell your friends and family members about our free Invest Talk downloads. And of course, we encourage your questions any time of day or night on 888 chart. So let's get a caller question in that came in earlier from Virginia. Hi, Steve. This is Jeffrey calling from Virginia. I was wondering if I could get your thoughts on the stock Intel, ticker India, November, Tango, Charlie. Uh, I was just wondering what you thought of the uh, recent news about uh, Microsoft 
pursuing their own uh, chip making capability and uh, dumping Intel? Do you think this is a time to buy the dip or is it a time to uh, exit this uh, position entirely? Thank you for all that you do. Well, I don't think it's a time to buy the dip uh, as, you know, this is a name that we've liked for a long, long time. Uh, but the recent news that they're having trouble with their own foundry, their own chip foundry, and the next generation of chips, and developing them and, and producing them uh, in, uh, effectively is worrisome to me. Right? Your NVIDIAs and AMDs of the world, they typically outsource their chip production to foundries like Time One Semiconductor, which is the largest. And Intel for decades has been different than most. And in fact, they've been the main U.S. chip maker. And if they can't get their house in order and get their production in order, then not only are they going to fall behind from a technological standpoint, but they're also going to fall behind from a vertical integration standpoint, right? They're going to have to start going to Taiwan Semiconductor and other chip foundry uh, companies and partnering with them and putting the onus on them to produce. And that's what worries me, is that this could go from a company that whose advantage was both on the technological side as well as the production side to a company that has neither, Right? has neither advantage, which frankly was driving their profits for so many years, was the ability to be uh, ahead of the game technologically and vertically integrated and have bigger margins. And so uh, until I get clarity on that front, I'm not getting excited about buying Intel. Thanks for the call. 8899 chart, 8899 Give me a call. Now let's touch a little bit on bonds. I know we talked uh, yesterday in the close quickly. I didn't talk enough about it, but I want to touch on a report or a study came from Santa Clara University and look back at market history going back to 1793 and looks at, looked at fixed income and if you think of your typical 60-40 portfolio, that 40 is the bonds, and it's typically heavily or all U.S. Treasuries. Well, now with the 10-year at a high level of 1.1 on the 10-year, the question is, how do you gain exposure effectively, efficiently to bonds, which are a ballast for a portfolio in tougher times and riskier times? And still get decent yields. Well, this report will look back to as far as the Great Depression, the last financial crisis, and it's shown that any over any length of time, if you talk two, three, four years, corporate bonds, high-grade corporate bonds, not junk bonds, start to outperform treasuries. Now, in a one-year period, that may not be the case, but Going back, they look at Jan uh, portfolio from January 1929, and the total return of the next eight years, even during the Great Depression, was 5.9% annually, which is better than the 4.9 you would have gotten from U.S. Treasuries. So, and the same with 2008. You start in January 2008, and up to 2015, January, 
the annual rate was 9.3% versus 8.5% for Treasury. So it just shows you that even though they have a little bit higher risk level, you're getting much better returns over any decent length of time for that area of bonds. So if you want to gain bond exposure, that's how we do it for clients, and that's how you should do it as well. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your calls going into our final break at 888 chart Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Hello, my name is Oleg and constant listener and also I, I have a portfolio with the KPP Financial. And my question is related is to inflation. It is clear that inflation is going to come in the United States in the near year or two. What expectation is for the foreign country? Like I have some money in another country that I'm considering to protect against inflation, but I don't know exactly if there is a risk and how much. Does it make sense to convert it now to dollars and invest in here or do something else? I would appreciate some reflection on this point. Thank you. Well, that depends on what country you're speaking about, right? One of the big factors in inflation rising and inflation expectations rising here in the, in the U.S. is that we're based on the U.S. dollar, and the U.S. dollar is declining in value dramatically. Since the highs in March, the, the U.S. dollar value is down over 20%. Now, that's based on a basket of currencies, but the U.S. dollar uh, against certain currencies may still do relatively well. You know, what's happening here in the U.S. is that we are converging with places like Europe and Japan who have been on the print money and monetized debt train for a while now. And now that's where we're at, right? We are Japan, okay? And so the fact that uh, the, the dollar is going down, that is a big reason why inflation is likely to continue to bubble up. On top of the fact that the reason the dollar is going down is because the governments are going to spend and they're going to, once again, monetize that debt here in the U.S. So transferring or taking that money overseas and putting it in dollars, well, likely the dollar is going to depreciate against that foreign currency. Once again, doesn't mean it, can, it, it has to. doesn't mean it's going to depreciate against all foreign currencies. Currently, it's just mainly the 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 bigger ones, right? The euro, the yen, etc. So don't just say, oh, inflation's heating up and, and I need to take my money out of a particular country. It's more about the assets that you're investing that money in, right? And equities typically are inflation hedges. Commodities are inflation hedges. Those are things that do well in a high inflation environment. Now, I think we can fit one more caller question in from 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name is Wernig, and I'm calling from St. Louis. I'm a fairly new investor. I've been hearing your show for about a year now. I'm interested in two stocks, Blink Charging, B-L-I-N-K, and Plug Power, P-L-U-G. 
I have two positions that I bought at around $11. I just wanted to know your thoughts if I should sell or hold. Thank you. All right. Well, you're talking about two companies in the clean energy world, and that world is just on fire right now uh, because of uh, strong narratives. Now, there's a recent news of Renault partnering with Plug Power for on fuel cells. I've always been skeptical of fuel cells. There's always been promise of fuel cells being the next great uh, clean energy revolution or the leader of the next clean energy revolution. And it's never gotten to a point where it's economically viable to produce them, right? You look at Plug and they just constantly lose money. And even next year, they're still going to lose expected 23 cents a share versus expected losing 33 cents a share last year. So that's the one I would be most uh, apt to get rid of or cut my, cut my position. Now, Blink, which is Blink Charging Company, they own, operate, and provide electric vehicle charging equipment at network EV charging services. So they have the network of charging stations. And to me, that is more sustainable, more potentially profitable, because it's shown that people want to buy EVs. People like EVs for the most part. It is a growing part of the our vehicle fleet. And so I much rather hold that one. Both are very expensive. Both are astronomically expensive compared to their earnings and revenue. But from a longer-term perspective, I have much more faith in something like Blink making money. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. We encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. We post a new program each weekday shortly after we end our live broadcast, which concludes at 5 p.m. Pacific time each and every weekday. You can also get our free downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, as well as investtalk.com. So please be sure to rate and review. And we invite you to call with your questions anytime on our InvestTalk Voice Bank number at 888-99-CHART. Independent thinking, shared success. This is InvestTalk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.